Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Jamie Creel with Shelter Insurance. Come see how we've built a name that you can trust and why it is a must to get your free quote today with our Switch and Save. Located in Ridgeland and Florida, Mississippi, give us a call, 601-992-6000. I'm Steve Azar, and I'm on the other side of the microphone, meaning I'm asking the questions this time, and oh, have mercy for the airwaves. I spent 20 years in Music City, wrote and made some hits, traveled the world, and then move my family back to the birthplace of American music and where the magnolia trees prosper. And now every time I put my feet on Mississippi soil, when I'm off the road, well, I'm at peace. On this show, it's all about hearing the stories straight from the mouths of the friends I've made along the way, their journey to success. Heck, there might be someone on, I don't even know, but you know how us Mississippi types are. We tend to take well to new company. In a Mississippi minute, all 60 of them. I'm Steve Azar. It's just like that muddy river moving slow. Ain't no worries, it's how life goes, baby. In a Mississippi minute. That's right. Give my guest a skillet, a couple of sticks to rub together, and a good sharp knife, and the man can cook up a feast like no other. Please welcome to In a Mississippi Minute, one of the brainchilds of one of the hottest tickets in the Delta right now, the Delta Supper Club, and beyond, Chef David Cruz. Dave-O. How are you today? Ah, I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm back from a long run, and it's always good to uh, get back in the studio, uh, put my headphones on, and be on the wrong side of the microphone. I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> well, so are you, you're in your truck, you said. I am. I'm in my truck where I think I spend about half of my life uh, driving. So yes, I'm in the truck today and, and excited to be here and, and glad to talk about some of the fun things that we've got going on with Delta Supper Club. I love it. And beyond. Okay, wait a minute. So let's talk about this. I, I, I would like to be right now with you. Uh, you get it about 100 degrees and uh, let you cook up on your hood. Have you ever cooked anything on your hood? I've never actually cooked on my hood. I have cooked on my tailgate uh, before, uh, which was basically uh, just coals right on the tailgate and, and, and get to cooking. Come on. Well, it kind of started off as, as kind of a joke. We were at a place where we wanted to cook some hamburgers, uh, and all we basically had was, was some charcoal. Uh, so we did kind of the uh, bear grills out, out in the middle of the wood type of thing and, and literally cooked on the tailgate, built a coal base, got everything hot, and threw it on there and let it go. Come on, that's crazy. That just sounds incredible to me because, uh, you know, being a Delta boy and, and just, you know, growing up, hanging out under the Mississippi River Bridge with friends and, and going out in the woods. And, and I love to cook what they all killed. But we uh, and we had my buddy Tweety, we call who could cook anything as well. Uh, we uh, we live for those moments. We never tried that. We've dug holes and, oh, yeah. uh, and we've done Dutch ovens or whatever. But but the tailgate is a brand new thing. You ought to take that on the road to like game, college game day. <laughs> You know, hey, it would be it would definitely be interesting. I'm with Chef David Cruz. You're in a Mississippi minute. Hey, David. So uh, <laughs> tell me something. You're you're just your love affair for cooking. You got to go back and you got to tell me how old you were and when you just knew that it was it. Well, you know, that's kind of a fun question. And I, and I love telling this story. Uh, I come from a Delta family and, you know, a Delta family uh, mostly revolves around agriculture and my dad farmed. Uh, and when you got old enough to, to get a car, which was 15 back then. Uh, my dad made the, the rule that you could have a car, but I had to come up with a way to put gas in it. Right. Uh, so I worked for my dad on the farm, you know, digging ditches and basically doing manual labor for about six months uh, until I started looking for a new job. 
the only other person that would hire me uh, at that time was I started washing dishes uh, at Airport Grocery back in 1990. Uh, it would have been either 95 or 96. So what is that, like 22, 23 years ago? Yeah, just it was um, just the other day. It was just the other day. Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of one of those things, as a young person, you really don't understand what you want to do. Uh, but then I found out that it was something that I was good at, and, and I enjoyed doing it. And I can remember going to my dad and saying, hey, I think I want to be a chef. And, of course, you got to remember, this is pre-food network. Right. So chefs weren't glorified. I mean, my dad's comment was, figure out a way you can make a living doing it, and I'm all for it. So it's kind of that that beginning in the late 90s that kind of spurred into going off to culinary school in, in the early 2000s. Uh, and then kind of starting my, my venture that, that, is, that has led me to 20-something years later uh, here talking to you. I love it. I think it's fantastic. Are we talking to Chef David Cruz? David, let's, two questions real quick. Why were you digging yeah. ditches? What's the purpose of that? Was that is that just like uh, you get in trouble, you're in timeout, or you're grounded? <laughs> but what, what's really the purpose of continuing to dig ditches on the farm? You know, it, it was kind of one of those things. I think my dad just wanted that. He wanted me to work. And I think that was kind of one of the things that, that you know, getting in the levees and, and, and manual labor. And, and truth be told, I think the older I get, I think it was discouraging me from wanting to farm. It could go both ways. Obviously, such a generational uh, lifestyle, you know, and, and a job that just passes on, you know, from one to the next. And and obviously, we both know so many friends who said, I'll never do it. And they've been doing it ever since they got out of college or, or just didn't go to college and went right in. And I love, I love how fast... You know, the the three the one eighty turn, you know, whoop, I'm not gonna do it and all well, of a sudden twenty years later, like you said, they're all still farming. <laughs> and and I'm glad I know exactly. I mean I'm happy that they're doing it because we need them and it's you know, it's man, it's just uh it seems like it's like the most honorable job there is and uh the gamble and uh and providing for not only your family but providing for the world. It's just a pretty Absolutely. pretty cool job. And I know it's tough on uh, tough on everybody, and I know that you never you're never settled. Uh, but it's a lifestyle that uh, we got to have, and appreciate it so much. I appreciate all my friends. I know you appreciate your dad. Let's talk about your mom. Was your mom a big cook? Uh, my mama was a cook. You know, we always used to laugh with when we would go visit mom. The cool side of it was there would be maybe three of us, and she'd cook for twelve. Uh, <laughs> it, it never it never failed. Not you know, the older I get. It was one of those things that she always, she didn't only cook for one day, uh, having two sons, you know, she knew that two hours after we got through eating dinner that we were going to be hungry again. Yeah. So she would cook this, this massive meal and we would think, you know, well, I don't know why mom's cooking so much. And then when we look up at 10 o'clock and we were starving to death, <laughs> uh, we, there was always something to eat. So it's kind of looking back, you notice these, these kind of fun things, uh, so, you know, I learned a lot from, from, my, from my mom's cooking, from my grandmother's cooking, uh, and from my dad's cooking also. Let's talk culinary school. So you go off. Okay. Uh, how old are you when you go to culinary school? I would have been 19 when I went to culinary school. I went to Mississippi University for Women. I, I did a lot of research. And it was kind of a funny thing. Was I, I went to Hyde Park, New York, and, and toured the facilities. I went to a place in Miami and toured the facilities. Uh, and then I came back, and my dad had just said, hey, I saw where Mississippi University for Women is opening this new culinary program. So I started doing my research, uh, and the lady who wrote the book that the other two schools were using was the director of the center wow. at the W. 
Wow. So it's kind of one of these ones where it was kind of an epiphany moment of, you know, hey, I've got this opportunity to work directly with Sarah Lubinsky, who wrote the book on cooking uh, hand-in-hand. So it was kind of a no-brainer for me uh, to, and it was it was a place locally that I didn't have to, you know, to fly, you know, five hours to, to go to. And in fact, were you like the first male student? Uh, believe it or not, uh, no. Uh, the culinary <laughs> program was about 50-50. Now, the college was about uh, 90-10, uh, but the culinary school was was about 50-50 male to female. Not a bad thing to do when you're a college kid, you know, not a bad no, place to go. No, not at all. I love and and Not chefs and let's talk about male chefs back then versus female versus was it always pretty you know looking back in time has it always been pretty equal or one or has it been one sided either way classically it's always been one sided in which classically, way classically uh, in the male side believe it or not it's always been a male driven uh, from the standpoint and and this is a this is a unique conversation it's a rabbit hole as I always like to refer to it uh, the difference between chefs and cooks uh, and there's such a small little difference between the two, uh, but when you're getting into people that were calling themselves chefs 10, 20 years ago, it was such a male-driven uh, business. Now, on the flip side of that, our local people that were that were cooks, that were doing the mom-and-pop organizations, that weren't you know doing classic trainings and things like that, that was predominantly female. So it's kind of a cool juxtaposition of, of the chef versus the cook. Nowadays, uh, it's getting really close to 50-50 from the, the chef standpoint, whether it's male or female. I'm so excited to talk to you. First of all, I want you to understand, and my listeners have heard this, so they just have to either pull off the road and jump out of the car or either, or whatever they're doing, <laughs> or either put their Cheerios down. But the truth is that I got hooked on the Food Network in, I'd say, yep. 99, 2000, 2001, whatever, yep. when, I, when I was on the tour bus. And uh, I live for it. Like, it reminds me of the MV, uh, MTV days when they, they started doing more shows and competitions and all this versus showing what got us hooked. Well, I, I, think, you're, I think you hit the nail on the head. When the Food Network first started, the guys and girls that were uh, on that basically network were real-life chefs. They were chefs that owned restaurants that were in the kitchen uh, you're right, Jamie Oliver, even Mario Batali and Cat Cora, those were people that owned restaurants and they were chefs that were parlaying it into being the Food Network. Uh, my personal opinion, I, I don't watch a lot of the Food Network. I've been on one of the competition-based shows. Uh, and, and truth be told, it's more about ratings now than, than, than the learning side of it. In your world, like my world, I watched MTV and just dreamt of being on stage and shooting these music videos. And you're sitting there watching the Poonek Network thinking, I'm going to be on. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It was the same thing, and the same oh, things happened uh, to, to all of the programming. It's wild to me. Talking to David Cruz, you're in a Mississippi Minute. We're solving all food problems, and I hope all you guys are hungry. We're, we're going to be right back. I'll be okay. Started today. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Steve Azar on Facebook.com Steve Azar Live and listen to all my music. Steve Azar and Steve Azar and the King's Men wherever you download or stream. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Hey. 
I'm Steve Azar. We're with Chef David Cruz. The man can flat out go, I'm telling you. And if I'm on some deserted island, I want him and his tailgate. A knife, some sticks. <laughs> some coal would be nice if we could have coal. So maybe there's a, a, a coal mine somewhere that we could just, you know, a little salt mine and a little coal mine, and I'll, I'll be, we'll be good to go. Hey, so uh, you, you dig cooking in odd environments. And I want to talk to the Delta Supper Absolutely. Club because the Delta Supper Club is like the impossible ticket to get you well you buy a membership and you got to hope you get a ticket well and it's so funny that you brought up the one that you got to go to will always go down in history is probably one of the most unique uh events and venues and overall uh dinners that we've always that we've ever done looking back if i had to plan that event over again i probably just wouldn't do it it would be one that i would probably just say you know what this is totally impossible uh but at the time uh, you know, it worked. Uh, real quick, the Delta Supper Club, uh, believe it or not, we're in our third year. We started in 2015. Uh, we've had 12 chefs that have come in from all over the United States. We've had chefs from New York, from uh, Florida, from Georgia, Mississippi, uh, Louisiana, Alabama, just about everywhere that you can think of. Uh, and even the cooler part of Supper Club is that we have started uh, what we jokingly call a food movement, um, because of the fact that when we started this, we had no idea what it was going to become. Uh, it started very simply. Stuart Robinson, uh, who is actually right. a Jackson native that was, that was living in Oxford at the time, uh, he was hunting in Glen Allen, Mississippi, uh, and was coming down here and kind of fell in love with the Mississippi Delta. Uh, he had a connection to New York City. Uh, that through a friend of a friend and invited the chef down. Uh, and basically they just did a pop-up at Linden Plantation, which is where he was, was a duck hunting, or where he still is a duck hunting guy. Uh, and it was just went over like, like you've never believed. And people said, you know, why don't we have more of this? Why don't we, why can't we do this? Uh, and, and that kind of started a, well, why can't we? Uh, and Stuart reached out to me, uh, I was actually in the process of opening a brick-and-mortar place. Uh, and the concept was very simple, to, similar to Supper Club. I wanted, I wanted an opportunity to share my love of food without having to be saddled by any specific genre or any specific food group. So basically, kind of like you're talking about leftovers, uh, if we wanted to have a leftovers night, you know what, for that week we were going to be this. And we were going to just rotate the restaurant around uh, and then Stuart and I met, and we had about a four-hour conversation about our ideas, and we clicked, and we both had the same idea, uh, and it was very simple. We wanted to highlight the Mississippi Delta through food and through culture. Uh, right. So we decided, you know what, we're going to have a we're going to have a pop-up dinner, uh, and our first one was in October of 2015. We shot for the moon, uh, and we got Chef Edward Lee out of Kentucky. Uh, and we got Trey Zoller that owns uh, Jefferson Bourbon, uh, and we brought him to the Mississippi Delta and did a pop-up at Dockery Plantation. Perfect uh, start. And to be honest with you, we, just, we didn't know if it was a one-and-done event or if it was going to be uh, ongoing, uh, and, and it was a huge uh, affectional thing. People called us and was like, hey, this is the greatest thing we've ever been to. Uh, how can we be a part? Uh, and then Supper Club was born. Wow. And it's been blowing and going ever since. We're talking to David Cruz, chef, teacher, 
a man of all things with a knife uh, in a good way. Very sharp. Give him his edges and rock and roll. Uh, you're in Mississippi Minute, and I'm Steve Azar, and we're having a blast. This is this is like to me. It's like uh, I want to talk with my athletic friends and my comedian friends and actors, and then you guys. I mean, you guys are like we all want to be you. We all do. Let's talk pop up. Explain that to our. Okay. I mean, it says it, but explain it to our listeners. Well, you know, the pop up idea uh, really started in about five to ten years ago, and basically, what it is is. You build a restaurant for one night. It actually started uh, in some of your bigger cities where they would take over an abandoned uh, warehouse or something like that, and they would do a secret dinner where for one night only everybody would come in, they would do a dinner, they build a kitchen, and then by the next day nothing was there. Wow. Uh, the, the, pop, the pop-up idea is such a cool idea because of the fact that it gives you the ability to go almost anywhere uh, and do almost anything from the standpoint of, you know, we've had one at an old movie theater. We've had one, uh, two of them at Cotton Gins. We've had them all these different places that couldn't have a self-sustaining restaurant, but for one night only, you can build one uh, and, and serve the masses. So it makes it really fun. It also makes it challenging. Right. You seem to dig the challenge, though. I, I've, I've watched I you. I do. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like uh, you, you want some obstacles in front of you. You want some things that probably can't be done. And you know what the funny thing is? It's not funny, but it's the truth. You're known for it. So when people talk about your cooking, they said, you know, and I, and I, I boast it myself. I always talk about, well, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't need anything. He just, and you just proved it with the tailgate. That's another level. Uh, talking to Chef <laughs> David Cruz. All right, genre. You mentioned the word genre. This is what I was talking about musically. Musically, genres live in a box, and those boxes are tight, and it's hard to cross over and have su- commercial success because you crossed over. You, you crossed over those lines, and you have to do the things that you have to do uh, to compromise sometimes to have hit records. It's just the way it is. And so you talk genre of food. Um, or, or do you have any lines that you have to live in? You know, from the, if you're talking about the Delta Supper Club, are you, is it the Wild West for you? Well, and, and that's the great part about it. Most, most chefs, in, like, the, like the music industry, chefs have burnout. Uh, and most of the time the burnout is because you're doing the exact same thing over and over and over again without the ability to change. Uh, Supper Club, we have no rules. That's the great part about it. Uh, you know, we can do we can do whatever we want to. I mean, when I've reached out to chefs before and they say, "Well, what do you want me to cook?" My answer is, I don't care. You know, I want this dinner to be about you. I want this dinner to tell a story from your culinary standpoint. And if you want to do something, let's do it. Wow. Let's figure out a way to do it. And so there are no actual rules, and that appeals to a lot of chefs, a whole lot of chefs. Because they need that, I hate to use the word release, but they need that release to not do the same monotonous thing over and over and over again. I chose the wrong profession. All right, so uh, <laughs> let's talk about, let's talk about uh, before, how, does pe- how do people get to become a member of the Delta Supper Club? How often do you have events? And why the heck aren't we doing it at the Mighty Mississippi this year? I'll never know. I'm just depressed. But anyway, tell me, tell me real quick about uh, sort of how do people can, can get involved and, and, and come join. It's really easy to become a member of Delta Supper Club. You just go to deltasupperclub.com. Uh, we have a website. Then on the website, it says become a member. Uh, we got a $100 a year uh, membership fee. Uh, 
Uh, and here's the basis behind that membership fee. We donate back a huge portion of that membership fee uh, for people that are needing culinary assistance, meaning maybe buying a book, buying knives, taking a surf safe exam. Uh, we've actually sent a kid to uh, Chicago to do a stage at Alinea, which is the number one restaurant in the United States and, like, number five in the world. Um so we're doing a lot of good things with the money. Tell me something real quick. Uh, you get to play. You you love music, and it's part of your culinary experiences with the Delta Supper Club. You get to do this because the night that I was in Clarksdale was the first time I ever saw Kingfish. And and right. also I'm a big fan of this guy, Jerika Singleton. So I'm going to let you play DJ. Who would you like to hear? Because Mississippi is the birthplace of it all, and we like to celebrate it. I got to go with Kingfish. There it is. You're in a Mississippi Minute with fabulous chef David Cruz. We're going to be right back. Oh, no, I'm still little bone, baby. So lonely I'll be. Hey folks, in the market for new pillows, I'd like to tell you about who I believe strongly is the best pillow manufacturer made right here in the USA, my friends at Beds by Design and their amazing Omni Pillow. The Omni Pillow is made with a copper infused fabric and they use high quality fabric. The copper has been known to be antifungal, antibacterial, and good for the skin. The Omni Flow is the foam in the inside designed by their veteran team the OmniFlow is a one-of-a-kind product that is unlike any other material. It is a patent material that adjusts as the weight is applied. They combine that with responsive temperature control that regulates your body temperature as you sleep. OmniPillow has a 100-day return policy. And listen to this. They'll donate a pillow to someone in need every time you purchase one. Their goal? To give away 1 million pillows. It also comes with a stress cube that sells for 10 bucks. Give yourself a much-deserved life's rest. Go to OmniPillow.com. That's OmniPillow.com. Enter promo code Steve Azar and receive 20% off with free shipping. You won't regret it. Thanks, guys. Check, check one. Where's all my bio? In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Steve Azar. We're with Chef Dave Cruz. He's in his truck. Uh, maybe the same truck that he uh, actually uh, got some coals hot and cooked on the tailgate, uh, which is going to be a new business that we're starting after this. And we're going to call it Tailgate uh, Cooking with David Cruz. There you go. All right. So, hey, Davo, let's uh, tell me this. Take me to your you were We talked about the Food Network and some shows that you've been on. You were on Cutthroat Kitchen a couple times, right? Well, I was actually on the second episode, uh, the second season of Cutthroat. Oh, I second only did season. It one time. I got offers. I got offers to do it again. Uh, you know, not always the best chef wins in those competitions. No, it's like the best singer in a competition, not the best whatever. Right. You're, they're talent based, so you gotta, you know, taste buds. And it's like an English teacher grading a, a paper. The, you know, you give three English teachers a paper from a kid, and there's three different grades. It's interting how exactly. that. You know, it's it's the palate 
of the person that's uh, judging. So tell me what happened. What was that experience like? Well, you know, the experience was awesome. But when I tell you a whirlwind, that was the understatement of, of probably my life. Uh, I boarded a plane on Thursday at 8 a.m. in Memphis and flew Memphis to Charlotte, North Carolina, had a three-hour layover, and then flew nonstop to LAX. Uh, ended up getting to my room about 1245, uh, slept for about three hours, and they had us getting downstairs at 4 to get to the studio at 5. We, we filmed all day. We went to sleep, got up the next morning and flew LAX to Charlotte, Charlotte to Memphis. So inside of 48 hours, yeah. I was back home. Wow. That sounds like that so, sounds like what I honest, do. <laughs> yeah, all the time. It's, exact, it's exactly what you do. Okay. It's, it's a never-ending, nonstop battle. So what was it like when you got there and you went into the actual competition and, and just, uh, you know, do you remember it pretty well? Oh, I, I remember it vividly. You know, the, the thing about it is they put four people together, and, of course, you're standing there sizing everybody up and going through all the different things about, you know, how are you going to and, – and, and long and short of it, it's a game. And looking back, you know, I thought you could cook your way out of it. And not all the time can you cook your way out of it. you got to think your way out of it. Uh, I always, I got – I won the first round, but got told my food was bland, which I've never been told that in my life. Uh, hmm. So the second time I set out to, uh, to defend uh, that I had flavor, uh, and I cooked pad thai, which is a Thai dish that right. was too spicy. Come uh, on, there's no such thing. Kind of like oh, yeah. Making, yeah, no yeah, yeah. such thing. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, we always we always, always make fun of uh, Jet Tila, who is the culinary ambassador to Thailand, uh, <laughs> that I made food that was too spicy for him. <laughs> I so, love it. I love it. That's know, come fantastic. On. Come on. I'm trying to compare that but to if something. You watch, <laughs> yeah, and if you watch the episode, which is on Netflix, you can see me eating it uh, without any water, uh, but it was too hot for him. Isn't that interesting? That's like saying uh, you hit like twenty threes and a three point uh, competition in a row, and and Seth Curry says that wasn't any good. It, it can't happen. Yeah, it's exactly. Happen. And I don't even know if that comparison makes any sense. It probably doesn't because it came out of my crazy mind, and it's foggy right now for me up there. So you got to deal with it. Hey, tell me about the American uh, seafood. You were the king American sea of American seafood in two thousand thirteen. That wasn't long ago. Okay, what was that all about? Well, uh, every year this competition started about 15 years ago, and what they ended up doing was they reached out to every state that has an aquaculture program, whether it's uh, farm-raised or whether it's Gulf seafood. Uh, And you have your own contest inside your state. So I won the state of Mississippi. uh, And then all of those chefs meet in New Orleans uh, to have a cook-off. So essentially it ended up being 19 different states that came to New Orleans, uh, and you had to do a dish that was representative of you and of your state's aquaculture program, uh, and uh, and we won. So I mean, it was quite one of these unique things. So we had chefs from California, from Rhode Island, from New right. York, from Alaska, all the Gulf states, um, and we came together and we put a dish together that we really thought symbolized uh, myself uh, and and the state of Mississippi. Um, and and I'll be honest with you, I was more surprised about winning it uh, than I think everybody else was. Because as you know, we I always have a good time when I cook, uh, and I was one of the first. So we we had we'd gotten through cooking, and we'd been at the bar for a little bit by the time they won the uh, announced the winners. So. <laughs> You know, we, we were excited and, and, and had a big time that night. I love it. We're talking to Chef David Cruz. Okay, so uh, let me ask you this. Um, 
Nola, you brought up New Orleans, obviously a place that we all love to go so much. I mean, I like to go yeah. a couple times a year, get it in, uh, and just uh, and I have some habits, uh, certain things I like to do when I get there, and and you know, and that yep. way you can you can get in and out of there for a day, uh, for a night, but you can get a full day and another full day, and buy mupletas for on the road on the way home, and then you're you know drive and then you eat those when you get back. I mean, I have like this plan, this planned out thing that's probably gotten boring to my family, but uh, I, I'm the creature of habit. <laughs> But let me ask you this. So NOLA and schools and you you work in the culinary arts in so many different ways, besides being a great chef and all that. You also teach. So let's talk about why the heck does New Orleans not have this incredible culinary institute uh, full four year like at Hyde Park? Uh, you know, in some of these other places, I don't. I mean, right. explain to me what's what happens that one of the greatest food places on the world with this great French, you know, history and and Creole and Cajun and all this, you know, this their flavors are like nowhere else on the planet, and it's it's known for its food and fun and party and music all together. Right. Why don't they have that? Well, you know, I think that's a, I think that's a great question, but I think it kind of goes back way back into the the classic French types. Of, of, of learning how to cook, you know, in today's society, if you want to learn how to go, if you want to learn how to cook, you go to a culinary school and you spend two years, three years, or four years honing your skills and learning how to do it. Uh, where 200 years ago, you did an apprenticeship. You found somebody that was doing awesome things and you latched yourself to them and learned every single thing that you can. And in my opinion, that's what's happening in New Orleans. Uh, these people that are becoming these great chefs are going there because the great chefs and the great restaurants are going there. They're choosing not to go to a culinary school, but to go into the workforce and, and learn as they go, uh, which, you know, is one better than the other. I don't know the answer to that, but I can tell you this, that New Orleans is truly a food mecca. Uh, if you want the best of any kind of culture, and that's the great part about New Orleans, is there is no set rules in New Orleans. Either one of the best uh, Israeli restaurants I've ever been to in my life is there. And, you know, how does that get there? I have you know, no you idea. have Italian food. You, you have Italian food. You have Cajun food. You have French food. You have everything inside of this one conglomeration that is New Orleans. This is so wild. The opportunities are there. Now, why somebody hadn't capitalized uh, and put uh, a four-year institution there, I, I'll never know. Maybe you said it. Maybe it's just such a way of life. The, to do it old school in the old way that it's just not it does, it's not they don't feel like it's needed because they're they're good you know what i mean like they're all set and it, it's just handed oh, down and trained and mentored rather than a formal education we're talking to chef david cruz he's in his truck uh and he's rolling through the mississippi tell me about your school and your program and and how people could uh benefit from that and and sign up and and like do you have to go to college there what's the deal well, you know, the cool part about my program is is that it is a part of Mississippi Delta Community College. Right. Uh, so basically the same entry into Mississippi Delta is the same entry that's into my culinary program. Uh, a lot of schools make you jump through hoops and do all these different things. Uh, we're not like that. Our, 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 our goal is to create opportunities and better the food world uh, in the Mississippi Delta because we are truly a community-based college, which our graduates, some of them leave the Mississippi Delta, but a lot of them stay here. Uh, we have three programs rolled into one. We're located in Greenwood, Mississippi. So you have a one-year program where a student can come in, get the basic education uh, from learning knife skills and cooking procedures and everything that you need to know to be successful. 
uh, and then go get a job or get a promotion, uh, all the way up to we have a two-year certificate and a two-year associate of applied science. Uh, that's for somebody that wants to be a general manager or own their own restaurant uh, or be part of the corporate side of the culinary world. But when I, when I started the culinary school a million years ago, only chefs. That was it. I was in class with people that wanted to be chefs. Uh, nowadays, and, and we've talked about this earlier with the Food Network, our consumer is so educated. They want to know where their food comes from. Believe it or not, a lot of the kids that are coming out of culinary school today are going to grocery stores. They're wow. becoming food buyers. They're becoming vegetable buyers, protein buyers, and they're going out and seeking out places that are, that are raising these beautiful chickens and, and knowing that our consumers are paying, will pay more money uh, for this chicken than a run-of-the-mill just plain chicken. So the culinary world has expanded exponentially over the last uh, 10 years. But we're really easy to find. I mean, we're on Park Street in Greenwood, Mississippi, and then you, or you could go to MississippiDelta.edu, and, and you can search for us, uh, the Culinary Arts Program. Um, and we'll actually fix the start school in about three days. So I'm really excited about that. I love that. I, I, I know. So how are you, are you full-time all week when you're teaching? I am. I, I am. I, I teach a massive load. I teach like 25 hours. Wow. Uh, so, yes, uh, I, I absolutely love it. Uh, if somebody would have told me that I'd be teaching uh, at my age right now, uh, I would have said they were crazy. Yeah. Uh, but the ability to, to, to kind of give back and to see the betterment of the Mississippi Delta has been unbelievable. There it is. You're in a Mississippi Minute with fabulous chef David Cruz. We're going to be right back. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Talking to Chef David Cruz, he's in his truck uh, and he's rolling through the Mississippi. Kids in rush, do you ever talk to him about, look, stay here, you know, make your living here, make a difference here. I mean, or do you, or do you see the kids in a hurry to leave feeling like they got to race off somewhere, wherever that is? You know, the... the, the the, the answer to that is kind of the definition, in my opinion, of a community college and, and how important community colleges are, especially in the state of Mississippi, because most of my students don't leave. Most of my students are attempting to better themselves here inside of their community. Uh, if I did a study and saw how many people actually came to my program and left, uh, I, I, I can't bet any more than 8 to 10% of mine move off, Man, which is kind nice. of a neat thing. So. If you go to downtown Greenwood and you eat at Gardenia's restaurant, most of their entire staff is my client, is my student. Wow, uh, almost great. everywhere in Greenville uh, are, are my students. So it's really fun to go in there and, and, and see those guys being successful and, and see them staying around here. Because the more people that we can keep here, of course, the better the economy and the better everything does. Uh, for the Mississippi Delta. I just think food, it, the culture of it, uh, it equals music. And when you put them together, and then poetry and, and art and pottery, it, we're just, uh, and, and uh, writers. I mean, it's just, do you ever just kind of go, wow? I mean, like, you know, Jim Henson and the Muppets, it just, I, I say it over and over, and I'm, I've become a cliche with my comments, but it never ceases to amaze me the passion of somebody like you and and I get that, you know. I was that kid, you know, with the music part, and how how the marriage of it all together. 
in one atmosphere and one night and how you're putting that together uh, in this Delta Supper Club, you and Stuart. And, and I just think that it's just important for us to celebrate these things together and, and reminisce on our history and, and how it comes together and, you, and you're attracting all these people. The one in Clarksdale that we went to, uh, Gwen and I both said, who are these people? Because they look like they were flown in from out of space or from somewhere, France or, I mean, they just, I know the Delta, you know, we, so you're, you're right. We had people coming in and, it, you know, we do the same there on Mighty Mississippi. Last year we had 22 countries and 21 or two states represented. And, and that was just awesome to see. And I just think that that's, that, we got to keep doing things and we got to get everybody on board and to celebrate together and to 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 actually attend uh, these things because it does help the economy it does help the morale and what we really are besides great farmland a great river great people great hospitality you put all that in together what you and i are talking about and you can't lose and people want to come so i agree i love it tell me what else is going on that i don't know uh, that you want to talk about, or uh, and 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 Delta Supper. Let's, let's talk about the next Delta Supper Club as well. Okay, uh, the next Delta Supper Club that will actually be on August, October the fifth. Yeah, uh, I'm really excited because actually a mutual friend of uh, of yours and mine, where you introduced me to him, uh, Chris Holland, yeah. and I, I have been researching him, and I'm I, I'm jealous. I'll actually say it that way uh, of his chef out of water. So to have him come to the Mississippi Delta. Uh, from a historic Oregon, uh, and share. And the one thing that I'm excited about him sharing is not just the Oregon side of it, but all of his travel. You know, right. going to China, going to Iceland, and, and seeing all of these things uh, through culinary eyes. Uh, I'm really excited about him coming back to the Delta and kind of sharing everything that he's learned over his past travels, which, after talking with him for several hours on the phone, is immense how much he has traveled and how much he has learned and seen. Well, when I met him uh, a number of years ago, because I do a lot of shows in Astoria, and I have one actually uh, Labor Day weekend. Me and the Kingsmen are heading there to, to Warrington, which is just on the outskirts. Uh, every time I go to his restaurant, and, and we, we become buddies, and, and let me tell you what, he's a good dude and this whole fish out, this whole uh, chef out of water thing, I could, for some reason when I met, when I met you, I always thought of put, thinking of you two together because you, you both remind me of each other in a lot of ways, but there's that gleam in your eye and there's that thing. And I think you guys are actually going to knock it out of the park together. I think there's going to be other things y'all do afterwards. It's like putting together Simon and Garfunkel. I had to do it. You know what I mean? Let's just don't break <laughs> I love up. It. Let's don't break up. I mean, let's let's do let's, let's just not break up. let's don't just do bridge or trouble water and all of a sudden you know on the Mississippi River and then you guys say I've had enough. It can't happen. You got to stick it out. I love it. Well, Davo, I can't thank you enough for for taking the time and uh, I'm a fan and a friend, but um, I just I, I I can't wait to spend times together when we can get our families together, uh, our wives and kids and and watch you do your thing and 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 just inspire a daughter and and just i really appreciate everything you're doing and uh and your brother and and thanks for being a part of all 60 mississippi minutes well i'm i'm happy to be here and i can't wait to get together all right brother we've been with chef david cruz and man he's cruising down the highway you've been in the mississippi minute blessings later on i'm steve azar in a mississippi minute all 60 of them where you can take your sweet time Feeling down? 
Here's your prescription for a daily dose of good news and positive vibes. Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Every afternoon, Rebecca highlights all the good things happening right here in the state you call home. Daily exposure to good things with Rebecca Turner may cause smiling, feelings of positivity, happiness, and even laughter. When you experience these symptoms, tell your friends to listen. Okay. Weekdays starting at 2 p.m. here on Super Talk Mississippi and now on Amazon Alexa devices. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.